Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Hey, you can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter three called Taking Away and Creating. So God is saying, look at my people's experiences in the desert. Look at my people's experiences with idols, with the temptations of nations around them, with the occult and all that stuff, and learn that you will not thrive in that kind of environment. You will not have what is true life. You may be full, but you will be empty. And I tell you what, a lot of us have learned that lesson over the years, have we not? I mean, we've tried to fill ourselves with everything that the world says. Maybe this will do it. Maybe this will do it. I'll try this. I'll try that. And every single time, it doesn't produce what it promises. Verse 2. Now, here's another thing. God is taking away that he might create new. That's kind of the theme behind this. And here's the second idea. The mighty man, he's going to take away the leaders now. He takes away the sustenance, the bread and water, now the leaders. The mighty man, verse 2. And the warrior, the judge, and the prophet, the diviner, or the soothsayer, NIV, and the elder. So those who were leaders, maybe in a legitimate sense, and even the occultic diviners, verse 3, the captain of 50, and the honorable man, the counselor, and the expert artisan, and the skillful enchanter, all a list of leaders. And I will make mere lads, or little kids, their princes. And capricious children will rule over them. If you have an NIV, it says, I will make boys their officials. Mere children will govern them. The idea is that a part, another part of what God is going to take away from na- the nation of Israel because of their wayward ways is he will remove sustenance and he will remove leadership. He will remove mature leaders from their land so that those who rule them may not be literally boys, but they will be irresponsible leaders. Here's a picture of both inexperience and incompetence. Their leaders will be a direct reflection of them and their behavior. Now, I know that a lot of you are thinking of application right now. You see, leadership is something that we can often take for granted. And I think the most important leadership probably to most of us here tonight, we think of leadership of a nation, but we ought to be thinking of spiritual leadership as well. Because God has given some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers for the, what? Equipping of the saints, right? That we might mature to a, uh, to a complete uh, man, that we might measure up to the fullness of the stature which belongs to Jesus Christ, that we might not be like children tossed here and there by every wind of doctrine, but that we might grow up. But we can't help as Americans to look at our own leadership in our country and say, do we have the leadership that we now have because it's a direct reflection of at least a good portion of the values of this nation? Or is it a reflection of a nation that is silent when it should speak louder when it comes to the most important issues that we really believe in? Things that have to do with life and morality. There will be a lack of leadership. God will take away, but remember in his taking away, he's trying to purge the nation. 
He's showing them that you cannot live on things that look solid, but they are empty. These are false constructs. These are things that you have depended on because they're there and they're available, but they are not going to be stable. They are not going to produce what you really need. And the people, verse 5, will be oppressed. Each one by another, this will be the result of a lack of leadership and uh, you know, food uh, rationing and whatever. Each one by another, each one by his neighbor. People get ugly when it comes down to survival. The youth will storm against the elder. There will be uprisings that are upside down, middle of verse 5, and the inferior against the honorable. One writer says, this is a warning for every generation. One way God judges his people is by depriving them of worthy leaders. This is something that we need to heed. We need to look at and say, you know what? We ought not to take leadership for granted. Because when there is solid leadership, we know that there, it brings stability. I mean, look at the 9-11 situation. And whatever you may conclude about President Bush, he stepped up at that point, and so did Rudy Giuliani at that point, and they took leadership at a time when the nation could have been in a lot more of a panic mode than it ended up to be. Leadership is an important thing. And so God says, I'm going to eradicate that. When a man lays hold of his brother in his father's house, six, saying, you have a cloak, you shall be our ruler, uh, people will be so poor and, and desperate that clothing will eat, not even be something that you can take for granted. And they will say to their brother, someone will run in and lay hold of his brother, verse 6, in this, these desperate times, and they'll say, you have a cloak, you shall be our ruler. That's all that you need to qualify now. If you have clothing, you can rule us. And their ruins will be under your charge. Yeah, the, the place is in ruins, but you can rule the ruins. Verse 7, on that day will he protest, saying, I will not be your healer. For in my house there is neither bread nor cloak. You should not appoint me ruler of the people. Bible students, would you look at verse 7, the middle of the verse, where the response of the man who has a cloak and they want to put him in charge, he says, I will not be your healer. If you are looking for a man to be your healer, you are looking in all the wrong places. Now, I know that a lot of us in human relationships, we appreciate people who are strong in our lives. I know all of us, you know, I would say for you ladies, you should be looking for a man that's strong, that can lead your family. I appreciate the knight in shining armor images, riding on the white horse, coming to rescue and all that stuff. But at some point in life, all people will disappoint you because we're human. And if you are looking for a man to be your healer, then you ought to circle this verse and understand that there's only one who can heal you. And it's not going to be a person. It's not going to be a chemical. It's not going to be a place that you can go to that will bring healing to your life. Please turn to the book of Exodus with me. Second book of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus. Go to chapter 15, right after the Red Sea miracle where God opened the sea and then closed it on the Egyptian army. They sang the song of Moses and right after that they were tempted with bitter waters. Usually how it happens, God does something radical in your life, it's incredible 
And then something bitter happens. Here's what happens. Exodus 15, 22. Then Moses led Israel, Exodus 15, 22, from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore it was named Marah. So the people grumbled at Moses, 24, saying, What shall we drink? And then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statute and a regulation. And there he, what? Tested them. And he said, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. You see, if you're looking for healing in any other place, you might find some temporary healing, but the Lord is our healer. I mean, if you have been a Christian for a while, could you not step back for a moment and look at all the pains and hurts in your life and ask this question, and I know you're, you're not healed of everything at this point, but ask yourself this question, who is the one that has brought the most healing into your life? Who's done that? The Lord. The Lord is my healer. He's healed my brokenness, my waywardness, hurts and wounds. And, you know, I know you can make your list. Go back to the book of Isaiah. How profound that this man responds, I will not be your healer. How profound. And if you've been looking for healing in anything other than the Lord, my encouragement to you is take your eyes off that thing and put them back on the Lord. Because he's the one that can heal you. And that's what he desires to do. Verse 8, Isaiah 3. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen. Now we're going to get to the root of the problem. Because their speech, here's the root cause, and their actions are against the Lord. To rebel against his glorious presence. Here's the root cause of what is happening. Jerusalem has stumbled But not only stumbled, Judah, look at the verse, has fallen. What's the cause of the fall? Think of that phrase, the fall. Go back to the book of Genesis. What was the cause of the fall? Well, we say sin. Satan was involved. Mmm, I heard it whispered. Is pride. How was pride manifested in the fall? I know God said something. I know God gave a commandment. But you know, there's other voices telling me that this will be good for me. It's not about the Lord, my healer. It's about this piece of fruit. It's about this. It's about that. Maybe I'll give it a try. I know what God said, but you know what? It's going to be different with me. It'll be different when I eat from the tree. I know what he said about it. You see. See, The cause of the fall, and I can tell you this, this is in my notes, if you fall, the cause will always be the same. You will be speaking, you will be living against the ways of the Lord. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Merry Christmas from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. We're so grateful to all of our partners who partner with Walk in Truth. Since last year, our listener partnerships have grown. Last Christmas, we let our listeners know it cost over $150,000 a year to fund this ministry. That includes radio airtime, podcasting, promotion, equipment, supplies, and one part-time staff member. At this time last year, we were excited to report listener support had reached 25% of our overall budget. The rest is funded by Living Truth Christian Fellowship Church funds. Now that has grown to 31%, and because of that, we have added Walk in Truth to three more radio stations, where more people have had a chance to hear these teachings. We could still use your help, too. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I rarely do this, and I'm not necessarily even comfortable asking for finances, but the reality is that this program has to pay for radio airtime and what we do, and it's a blessing to partner with what you believe in, with the gospel ministry that hopefully has been a blessing to you. If that's you, would you please consider giving an end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation? Please give a one-time gift on behalf of you, your family, or business. You can help us pay for airtime for the radio station or podcast app you listen to. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click Donate. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. I know God said something. I know God gave a commandment. But, you know, there's other voices telling me that this will be good for me. It's not about the Lord, my healer. It's about this piece of fruit. It's about this. It's about that. Maybe I'll give it a try. I know what God said. But you know what? It's going to be different with me. It'll be different when I eat from the tree. I know what he said about other people, you see. See, the cause of the fall, and I can tell you this, this is in my notes, if you fall, the cause will always be the same. You will be speaking, you will be living against the ways of the Lord. Whenever you fall, and pride we know, we know the verse, Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. If you look at the verse, it says to rebel against his glorious presence, the literally literal way to, to render that is defying the eyes of his glory. It's kind of like whenever you fall, you have done something defiantly against what you know represents the glory of God. You've said, I know that, but still I defy that. I will still do it my way. And what ends up happening is a fall. The expression of their faces, verse 9, bears witness, witness against them. What kind of expression do you think is there? Oh, I'd say a haughty one. And they display their sin like Sodom. If you have a NIV, it reads this way. The look on their faces testifies against them. They parade their sin like Sodom. Might want to take your highlighter right there. They parade their sin like Sodom. Hmm. Sound familiar? See, we've forgotten even how to blush. Have we not? We parade it. We put it on display. We demand that we have our rights. They do not even conceal it. And notice what God says. Don't worry about what everybody else says. Don't worry about what the media is saying. Look at what God says. They don't even conceal their sin. They're like Sodom. And what does God say? Woe to them. That's not a rock and roll phrase in Hebrew, by the way. 
That means that's a lamentable condition. Woe. It's a lament. It's a wail. It's no, don't do that. Woe to them. For they have brought, look at the end of the verse. They've done what? Brought evil on themselves. Say to the righteous that it will go well with them, 10, for they will eat the fruit of their actions. This makes me just think of sowing and reaping. But woe to the wicked, 11. It will go badly with him, for what he deserves will be done to him. This is just a basic idea of sowing and reaping. If you sow to things that are not of the Lord, you're going to reap things that hurt you. Now think about where we started. We said these things were written for our what? Instruction. God doesn't want to discourage you. He's the God who gives what? Encouragement and what? Perseverance. But God does want us to see that when people are parading their sin and they are doing it in the open, it's going to go badly with them. It might not happen in a year. It might not happen in five years. But eventually what you've sown to, you will reap. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will reap. And even if he doesn't reap it fully in this life, what's he got ahead of him? He's got a time that he's going to face his maker. And so the point is this, woe to the wicked, connecting it with verse 9, but it will go well with the righteous. If you, if you do the right thing, it's not always easy, but it will go well with you. Oh, my people, look at God's heart. God's not really pointing a finger as much as he is, I think, lamenting or crying from heaven. We've pointed that out several times. He says, oh, my people. Notice that he still calls them my people. You know, he still identifies them with himself, but he says, their oppressors are children, and women rule over them. Oh, my people. Those who guide you, lead you astray, and confuse the direction of your paths. If you have an NIV, it says, youth oppress my people, women rule over them. Oh, my people, your guides lead you astray, they turn you from the path. Now, some of you have seen, saw that woman thing in there, and you went, what? Well, in, the, in these cultures, when a woman was ruling over a nation, it was seen with disfavor. It was not something that was accepted. Uh, men were typically the rulers. And so when a woman was ruling over a nation, it was a sign that somehow they had left the basic ideas of culture or more than that, they had been abandoned by God. There was something wrong going on, and that's the idea here. They, they've gone astray. They've left the the correct paths, and, and God says, oh my people, oh my people. It's reminiscent of 2 Samuel 18, 33. Write it down, where uh, Absalom is killed, and the king, David, is deeply moved, and uh, he goes up into his chamber. This is 2 Samuel 18, 33, and he weeps, and he says as he walks around, oh my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would I had died instead of you? Oh Absalom, my son my son, would I have died instead of you? This son of David's was trying to do what to him? Kill him and take his throne. And when he was killed, David's heart of a father, he said, oh, Absalom. Can you imagine that? Would I have died instead of you? You know, that was the 
heart cry of the greater David, the Messiah, coming from the Davidic line. He said, oh, my son, my son, you've sinned against me. I will die instead of you. See, there would be a real fulfillment of the heart of David and the heart of the Messiah. And so the Lord arises to contend. He stands to judge the people, 13. The Lord enters into judgment. Notice where his judgment, he talks about the people in 13, but now he's going to go to the leaders of the nation. The Lord enters into judgment with the elders, 14, and princes of his people, and he says, it is you who have devoured the vineyard. The vineyard is a picture of Israel. You'll see that in chapter five. The plunder of the poor is in your house, houses. The Lord arises. He's going to judge the people, but the ones that he makes accountable, um, he points to directly are the leaders of the people. Uh, let not many of you be teachers, for we will what? Incur the stricter judgment. Whenever you're leading many people, you're going to be more accountable to much is given, much is required. And so God looks at the leaders and he says, look, you've, here's what you've done. What do you mean? Notice how personal this is to God. 15, what do you mean by crushing my people? Again, my people. And grinding the face of the poor, declares the Lord, uh, God of hosts. Listen to, listen to God's loving indignation. What do you think God thinks from heaven when he watches this stuff? And he sees it all. You think that God's up in heaven saying often, what do you mean by doing this stuff? By crushing my people. You've been listening to Taking Away and Creating Part 2 on Walk in Truth. It's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 3. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we want to say thank you so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station. Please continue listening here because, well, this station is honoring the Lord by serving many more ministries in addition to ours. And you'll get to hear the latest broadcast from Pastor Michael. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app, on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many others. You can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings. We have Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Colossians, Job, Ephesians, Psalms, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, Isaiah 3.10 talks about righteous deeds being rewarded, and maybe that would confuse some of you who say, well, I thought it was all paid in full at the cross. Oh, there's no doubt. Salvation is a done deal. If you're in Christ, you are saved. You can't get more saved in that sense than you are. But there are rewards that will be given in heaven. We can see that in Matthew 25 at the parable of the talents, for example. We can see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where there's a reward that will go, you know, our works will go through the fire and will get rewarded. The Bema seat imagery in uh, Corinthians and uh, Romans 14 also conveys the idea of a reward. So remember, salvation has been paid in full at the cross by Jesus. But what you do after you become a Christian will be rewarded. And that's a good thing, brethren, because God allows us to have the power of the Holy Spirit. He gifts us and then rewards us for what we did with his resources. I mean, God is good, amen? 
And as some of our brethren say, he's good all the time. Hey, this is Pastor Michael Lance. You are listening to Walk in Truth. Hey, we're moving through the book of Isaiah right now, and we're excited to uh, just present it to you and just want to thank you for listening and joining us. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing. And I want to invite you uh, to our Sunday morning service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Now, I serve here as senior pastor, but there's several pastors here and an incredible congregation, a great worship team, an incredible group of people. And uh, we'd love for you to come. If you're looking for a home church or you'd just like to take a Sunday and come worship with us, 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m. And uh, if you're not in the area, you can watch the live stream on our YouTube channel. The second service at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time is what airs live. And I don't want that to keep you from going to church, but uh, if you're looking for something to supplement, if you're uh, shut in and you can't get out right now, uh, you're staying home, then certainly that's available to you. Just search Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and you will get there. For anyone local, the church is in Corona right off the 91 freeway and Lincoln Avenue in the city of Corona. And uh, you can find out information and directions when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab, walkintruth.com. Well, have a beautiful, wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for being with us this week. Love you. God bless you. And keep seeking him and press on, brethren. We'll talk to you soon. And join us on Monday for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah chapter three called Taking Away and Creating. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.